Thank you. Well, I feel like I've been to church already. Hallelujah. It's been a good day. Well, I can tell you it is a privilege for us to have Pastor Randall Beatty here uh, to preach for us this morning. Um, they're from Searcy, uh, Arkansas, has pastored in that church for 25 years. Is that right? 31 years. Wow. Praise the Lord. Yeah, isn't that great? Great man of God, pastor in the church there in Arkansas. Would you welcome Pastor Randall preaching for us this morning? Thank you, my brother. And I say thank you to Pastor Brent for allowing me to have this opportunity to come and share the word with you today. Okay, you brought it up. I'm hoping that it works. See, I'm used to, we're going back, there we go. I'm used to controlling my own sermon notes on Sunday morning. So I said to my son, and, and so we worked it out, and so I have it with me today. And, um, and thank you for allowing me to be here. Yes, um, I've been at Searcy, Arkansas as the pastor for 31 years. In May, it will be 32. And... Um, well, uh, I didn't think I'd be in one place that long. Um, I told an individual this morning that I'm on congregation number four in there. Um, because when you stay as many years as I've stayed, uh, I've actually, uh, at one time, I, I got to tell you before I start. At one time, the DS called me the Grim Reaper. Because my congregation was passing away. And I've actually buried my first congregation. Think of that. Okay? So that's not a, that's not a point you want to put out there. Okay? <laughs> this morning, we're going to talk about sweet aroma. I have enjoyed the music. I've enjoyed the, the words from your pastor today. Um, and the encouragement. And, and I've enjoyed being here. Now, Mom and I are heading back home on Tuesday, and we appreciate your prayers for our travel back there. I grew up, uh, I'm actually a third-generation pastor, and uh, my, my parents were from Illinois. And my grandmother, uh, Grandma Jones, she uh, lived in a little town called Stewartson, Illinois, just outside of Stewartson on an 80-acre farm. Grandma had um, a very modest home. She uh, did not have running water in the house. Uh, yes, I grew up on the outhouse, going out to the outhouse. And I'm not that old, folks. I don't mind telling you, okay? I am old, but I'm not that old. But we would go see, this time of the year reminds me of this. We would go see Grandma. And you'd walk in. The only way you could walk into her house is you had to come in the door that walked through the kitchen. And my grandmother knew how to make cinnamon rolls and cookies. And you'd walk through and the aroma that the sweet aroma that would hit you when you came through that back door. Now, you didn't walk through the kitchen without grabbing some cookies and maybe a cinnamon roll. 
But that's who my grandmother was this time of the year. She loved to do that. Now, let me tell you what happened to you when I said that. Some of you were sitting there going, oh, yeah, I remember my... And you filled in the blanks of that. The sweet aromas that you experienced through grandma and grandpa and, and at, their, at, at their home. So here's where I'm heading with this today. I want to talk to you about the sweet aroma that we should be leaving when, when we are in the midst of people around us. The sweet aroma of Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you something. If you're not doing that, you're missing the call. You're missing what God really intends for us in this life. The sweet aroma. The passage of scripture that I'm using today is Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. And in this passage of scripture, he says this. Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, man, I can stop right there. Are you imitating God in everything you are doing? Now, let me tell you where this pastor fails. I don't really imitate God when I'm driving in traffic. You know, because I'm doing that, move out of the way. What's the matter with you? When I go by, I, I do say, Jesus loves you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. Now, how do you figure out the example of Christ? Get into the Gospels and see how Jesus reacted to people. See how Jesus dealt with people as he came into their presence. Be the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. A pleasing aroma. Get that? A pleasing aroma to God. Are you a pleasing aroma to God? When you walk into the presence of people, whether you're in Sam's or Walmart or, or any other store or whether you're at your job or in your neighborhood, when you walk away, are you a pleasing aroma to God? You got to stop and ask yourself that. So this morning, we want to deal with the pleasing aroma. To God. And the first thing we want to look at that, that brings us to that point of, of the pleasing aroma to God is this. You've got to have characters in your life, characteristics that are there. And you've got to take them and they've got to become a part of you every day of your life. Listen to me very carefully. Just as you take water and food, you have got to take on the very characteristics that Jesus wants you to take on in your life. And you've got to nurture them every day that you walk. So the first one we want to look at is faith. Now, there's a handout, and some of you might have picked it up, some of you didn't. My, I, I do this for Cersei every week. 
Because I want you to be able to take it home. And I want you to be able to look at it throughout the week. And there are scriptures involved in, in the handout that I've given you. But the very first one is faith. Faith in the Father. Now let's talk about that a minute. Because everybody says, I have faith. I have faith. I know my people say to me, I have faith. Pastor Beatty, I've got faith. Until. And I've been there. Until that comes up, the unexpected comes up, and now we're trying to work it out ourselves. We're, we're not stepping up and letting God work this out. We're trying to get it ourselves. We're not, we're worried. We have restless nights. We're afraid of the outcome of the future. And our faith slips away from us. And you've got to understand today that when we're talking about this type of faith in the Father, it's very interesting to know that no matter the circumstances, He showed us that we can depend on the Father for answers. So that's where your faith is. When you're faced with something, depend on the Father for answers. And ask Him to help you through this. And let your faith shine to those around you. In the passage that I, I have for you there, Luke 8, through 25, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filled with water and they were in real danger. The disciples went and watch this. The disciples went and woke up shouting, woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. See, Jesus wants you to have the type of faith that when the storm is there, you can sleep. It doesn't matter. Why? Because he's in charge of the storm. Whatever storm you have in your life, he's in charge of the storm and you can trust him. We're going to get to that in a moment. You can trust him through that storm that you're facing. Sudden, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. You ever been there when the storm was raging and then Jesus got involved and just calmed it down? I have. It's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. So the very first thing that you want to look at is the fact is we need that faith in the Father. That type of faith that when, no matter what comes our direction, we're okay. Why? Because we have faith in the Father. I tell people all the time, and I want you to hear me when I say this. We're too attached to this world. You hearing me? We're way too attached to this world. Your cell phone? You want, to, you want to make a teenager mad? Take their cell phone away. They get nervous. I'm, no, okay, now listen to me. I'm not preaching to get cell phones because I've got one. There's times I wish I didn't have one. But sometimes we rely on technology as our faith. And not the Father. To build our faith. So. 
when you come in contact with people, no matter, listen, people around you are going to face storms. I love what your pastor prayed a while ago because you don't know what 2024 is going to hold. And people are going to face storms. We already know that. Every year is different. And you're going to, you, know, you don't know what you're going to face in 2024. But let me tell you this. Have enough faith in the Father that when you walk away from people, no matter what you face or what they face, they smell and feel the aroma of Christ in your life. The second to this, hope. Hope. Hope in God who keeps his promise. Hope in a God who keeps his promise. Romans 4, 18 through 21. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Amen? God is able to do whatever he promises. We have to mimic the, that promise to those around us that due to the choices that they make, they have run into a very hopeless feeling in their life. One of the things I was telling your pastor is in February, I will celebrate 25 years as the chaplain of the Searcy Police Department. And as a chaplain, you walk into very hopeless situations. Your pastor knows that. You walk into hopeless. You, you, you know, the only thing I've got at that point is Christ to offer them. Prayer. Sometimes it's because of the poor choices they've made in life and they've lost that hope but let me tell you something church we should be stepping up giving them hope through jesus christ we should be allowing them to understand that that he can walk them through anything that they are faced with just before i came to kansas this year we actually had a 39-year-old in the city of Searcy that lost control of his vehicle early one morning. And um, they called me at 4 o'clock because we had to go make contact with the mother. And I want to tell you, when I was listening to the mother and she was simply saying, this is a dream, this is a dream, this didn't happen, this didn't happen. And finally she sat down and I said... I know this sounds very bleak to you at this moment. But God will see you through. God will see you through. Hold on to your faith. God will bring hope to you in the days ahead. That's what he does. He brings hope to us. Even in those pressured moments of time. This is the reason he came to give us hope. And so give those around you that you come in contact with in 2024 the hope of Jesus Christ. And when you leave, let them feel the aroma of Christ coming through your life. 
The third area is trust. Trust without all the conditions we put in place. I love this one. Do you, do you, have, do you put trust in the lives of people? Do you help people to understand trust? Do you, do you help people to gain trust in Christ through you? Proverbs 5, uh, 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I think the one thing I see and hear over and over today is, I, I don't trust them. Uh, you, you hear that in the church. I, I don't trust them. Here's one that, will, that I hear as well. They are the most untrustworthy person I've ever been around. Really? They're going to have to. This is the one that I've always listened to and thought, wow, you missed that one. They're going to have to earn my trust. Can I tell you something in the scriptures that is very important for you to see? It's this. If you want to imitate God in the area of trust, if you want the aroma of trust to come out, then you need to understand that people can't earn your trust and they never will. You have to give it. So let's look at what Jesus did. It's in John, the 21st chapter, and, and it's a very familiar story to us. Jesus is on the seashore and he has had breakfast with Peter and the other disciples that were out fishing and they came in. Finally, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, come and go with me. And they're walking along the seashore and Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, well, yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. They walk a little further. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Well, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. They walk a little further and Jesus looks at him for the third time and he says, Peter, do you love me? The scripture says that Peter became a little upset about that. Now that's paraphrasing. And he looked at Jesus and then these words came out of his mouth. Lord, you know all things. And what at, at that moment, Peter, Peter realized that Jesus knew that he had denied him like he said he would. Jesus knew that he had ran from the call and he went back to fishing. Jesus knew every movement that Peter had made since the crucifixion. He knew what Peter had done. And so Peter says, Lord, you know all things. Wow. You know I denied you. You know I love you. And I love what Jesus did. He didn't look at Peter and say, yes, I know all things. And you failed me. And, and you, you shouldn't do what I want you to do. And Jesus didn't do that. He just looked back at him and he said, then feed my sheep. You know what Jesus just did? Peter, there's nothing you've done to earn my trust. 
There's nothing you've done to earn my trust. But I want you to understand, I am going to give you the trust that you didn't earn because I believe in you. There's nothing anybody will ever do to earn your trust. Matter of fact, if you're trying to earn the trust of God, don't. He knows who you are and he knows where you're at. He knows what you're doing. But he will trust you with his word. He will trust you with the message. He will trust you. The interesting thing is to see how Peter ended. After the day of Pentecost, Peter got on fire and went through the rest of his days preaching the word. The trust had been given him. He was preaching the word and he was involved with the word to the point that when the Roman government finally got a hold of Peter and they decided that they were going to crucify him, Peter said, Because they were going to crucify him the way they crucified Jesus. And Peter said, oh no, don't do that. I am not worthy of the man that hung on that cross. You can crucify me, but hang me upside down. And that's how Peter was martyred. Because once that trust was put in there, Peter never went back. God trusts you. And he wants you to trust others and give them that power within. And when they leave your presence that you have instilled that trust in their life, they smell and feel the aroma of Christ in your life. Finally today, we look at love unconditionally. Love unconditionally. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. In this year, let us step up with agape love. Agape love says, I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care whether you are like me. I don't care whether you smell like me. Amen, Pastor. I'm going to love you the way Christ would love you. And if you don't understand that, go back to the four Gospels and see what he does with the outcast. With those whom others hated. See what he does. How he exemplified love. The way he wants us to show love. Unconditionally. I think... There are many stories along this line, but when you look at, at the different stories and, and how the, the, even the scribes and the Pharisees tried to use people to trick him and, and to move him in the wrong direction, it was his love for those that were standing in front of him. You know what's happening now? Many of you are going through your mind right now and, and looking at, at the different ones in the scriptures that you know of, of the example that I just gave you. Love unconditionally. Never let yourself say this, I love you if, 
or I love you for. You know, I like this one. I will love you only if. You want me to end that? I will love you only if you will do what I want you to do. If you don't do what I want you to do, not sure I'm going to love you. Well, you can say it again. Amen, Pastor, because that's exactly where we are at times. And by the way, Cersei Church of the Nazarene is no different from Fairlawn when it comes to this. I see it all the time. Uh, I, I love you because, because of what you do for me. And if you don't do it for me, I'm not sure I love you. Oh, I'll say I love you, but I'm not sure I do. Often there are such conditions to love, yet for God, he loves us in spite of us. God loves us so much that, and just simply wants us to love him and those around us. Here's something that I say to Circe Church of the Nazarene, and I've said it to them for at least 25 years. And it's amazing. I now have a tie and a cup and other things that they have had printed up for me. And it's this simple. I want you to listen to me very carefully. It's not about you. Never has been and never will be. It's about him. My congregation hears that every, about every Sunday. I'll look them square on and say, it's not about you. Never has been, never will be. It's about him. You serve him only. You know, I knew you wouldn't shout me down on that one. It's about loving others in such a way that they, when they walk away from you, I don't know what they've got, but I want what they've got. You've let them feel the love of Christ in such a way. I don't know what, what they have in their life, but I need that. Church, may we be that way in this year to come. In 2024, Let's pay attention to those who really need a relationship with the Lord. Let's imitate faith and hope and trust and love the way God demonstrated it to us. In 2024, live in such a way that when you walk away from individuals, that sweet aroma of Christ fills their nostrils and they want nothing more than what you have in their life here's what i'm going to say to you in closing please don't act one way in the church and another way outside the church please act outside the church the way you act in the church and that i hope is loving god unconditionally God bless you. There's a song that's going to be sung and then it's going to go back to your pastor. I am so grateful for your pastor here. And I'm grateful that he allowed me to share with you today. God bless you.
Would you please stand? I guess my benediction could be from Paul, may you smell good this year. But I think I'll give another benediction that Paul gave to the believers in Rome in chapter 15. Would you receive this benediction? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace so that you may trust him so that you may overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit so now in the name of the Father and the Son 
the Holy Spirit, go in peace, for he's already gone before you. You're dismissed. <laughs>